the first French colony in North America. Jack Burton, what is Quebec? That is correct. What? Quebec. I'm Quebecois. I should have gotten that one. Well, Mike, then minus 400. I'm sorry. Minus 400 points. For and you have to turn in your uh, French-Canadian passport. Yeah. Oh, no. I'm ruined. Sacre bleu. <laughs> My reputation is ruined. <laughs> With this outrageous accent. <laughs> That's not that outrageous. <laughs> Welcome to Which Game First, where we explore the hilariously huge world of board games. Did we find any hidden treasures you've been missing out on? Let's find out. First up this week, it's the deregulation heydays of the 70s, and we're rustling up customers for our new competitive airline in Blue Skies. Next up, it's diplomacy in the deep, dark depths as we vie for watery dominion in Abyss. And lastly, it's crunch, munch, and bunch up as we crowd the park with our leaf-eating bugs in Atta Ants. I'm your host, Celeste DeAngelis, here with my decades-long gaming buddies, Evan Bernstein. Hello, everyone. Ed Povolitis. Hey, what's up, guys? And Mike Grenier. (laughs) (laughs) I say. I say. (laughs) Our first game up this week is Blue Skies, designed by Joe Huber, published by Rio Grande Games in 2020. Number of players 2 to 5, ages 14 and up. Playtime, 45 minutes. Okay, Mikey, tell us. What's in the box? The cover of the box sort of reminds me of a 1950s-style ad to join the Air Force with its red, white, and blue stripes and an airplane flying across with its nose pointed proudly skyward. Inside the box, we see a game board, 59 demand cards, 121 airline markers, 125 passenger cubes, five airline charter boards, and a score tracker board. And that's what's in the box. Well, before we find out if this game is a free first glass upgrade or a surprise bag check fee, Evan, (laughs) tell us how it's played. Blue Skies is an engine building style of game where it's the year 1979 in the U.S. airline industry, and each player manages a new up-and-coming airline. The game board contains 30 airports in 30 cities. The deck of cards contain a minimum of one card per city, like Hartford, Connecticut, (laughs) up to five cards per city, like Atlanta, Georgia. These cards are known as demand cards. As demand cards are played, passengers start filling up the airports in those cities. Passengers are drawn from the pick bag. If a red cube is drawn, then only one passenger gets placed. If a green cube is drawn... Place the green cube and draw again. And keep drawing until Woo-hoo. a red cube is drawn. Green, cu- yeah. green cubes, green cubes. <laughs> it's all about Come the green, on, green. cubes. Yeah. <laughs> what players really want are the gates. There are four gates at each airport. Passengers at airports get evenly distributed to any active gate in that airport. So control more gates and earn more passengers. Turn by turn, players will bid for the gates they desire. The most popular airport gates cost the most... And the least popular airports cost the least, but they can be affordable bargains. Score victory points by controlling the most passengers, by earning territory bonuses, and by not cashing in your special once-per-game token. (laughs) The player with the most victory points controls the 1979 United States Blue Skies of America and Purple Mountains Majesty. (laughs) 
Ed, where did you get this game? Did you just buy it or I did. Kickstarter I it? Or? I, I, got a, I got a game toy, you know? You just bought it at a game <laughs> The old-fashioned way. <laughs> <laughs> I remember that. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you, that's the reason I ask is because this is the most overlookable box I've ever seen. <laughs> the colors are so subdued. Muted. They are. When Mikey said red, white, and blue, I mean, this is a very subtle Red, white. Yeah, it's not trying to smack you in the face. It's trying to have like a little bit of a chill retro 70 vibe kind of going in it. It actually has a graphic designer. This box doesn't credit an artist. It credits a graphic designer. And it is highly graphically designed, this game. His name is Todd Sanders, right? And Mm -hmm. I'll tell you, though, his approach to this game is so subtle that it's (laughs) definitely a cohesive look. But it's easy to overlook, you know. I'm not sure. Well, you know, it's a gra- it's not much of a grabber. It's a corporate logo ish. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. yeah. But yeah. you know, it grows on you over time. It really does. It becomes charming as you get into the game. It's like uh, having a plain, unassuming friend that you don't realize is cute until you talk to him for three weeks, you know? Or until she takes until she takes her glasses off and lets her hair down. And then... <laughs> well, yeah, taking your hair down in this game is, is showing that board. And, and at the beginning, it's all numbers. What did you guys mm-hmm. think when you first saw the board? It looked like a stock market chart almost in a way. It was yeah, like, what is I, I, this? I knew it was going to send Mikey running for the hill because it does look like one big spreadsheet. It, that's exactly what happened. Like when I first looked at it, I was kind of intimidated because it was just like a bunch of blocks. It looked like I was referring to some really boring chart to start off with. Yeah, rows and <laughs> columns. You would it, Exactly. It, it reflects a spreadsheet more than it does a map of the United States. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Maybe if the board were in more of a typical USA you know, outline, at least, of a map, that would give you some sort of indication as to what this really is. And the thing is, is there is a subtle map underneath that grid board. Mm-hmm. Oh, it is so subtle, though. It's practically yeah. not there. Yeah, you look real close, and you can kind of see Texas and Florida popping out the bottom, and that's basically it. Other than that, you have no indication that it's a map of the United States. The way those airport stations are set up, that kind of reminds me like of a ticker board that you might see at an airport, like, arriving now. Oh, yeah, or an old bus station when the numbers, like, flip over, you know? Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> like the next train arriving is... <laughs> The flap numbers. Flap, 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 flap. Six. (laughs) Huge. Blue skies, air train. I mean, the best train. They're all getting on your rattly bucket of an airline. All right, Evan, both these cards have been drawn, so you won't be seeing that for a while. Now, now, now. Um, I'm sorry. There's a. He's sorry. I did skip it. You skipped one, right? Oh, you had four regular randoms? Yeah. Yes. Oh, give God. me money. One. Do them one at a time. Vegas. Hey, Atlanta. Atlanta. Ooh, Atlanta. Atlanta. New York. Five. Squirk. Four. Ah! Oh, Denver. Aggravating. Nobody's in Denver. Vegas. Oh, it's good. Oh! <laughs> yeah. How come Vegas gets the green cube? Vegas, baby. So why did Vegas get the green cube? There's a lot of very good design in this board and you don't notice it until later in the game when you're getting mm-hmm. into playing and you realize how clear and how clean the regions of the United States are so that you can track them and follow them. Color coded, yep. 
there is no blending of the colors. There's no like, is that pink or purple? Mm-hmm. Is that red or orange? It's very clear and very clean. And we've run into a few games lately that have had colors that are too close together. And I think one of the things I liked the most, one of the boldest choices this game and graphic design made was the airline logos. <laughs> They're so different. Like one is a red bird. Cardinal Airlines. And then yeah. one is a big green GGA. So different. <laughs> yeah, different styles. And uh, even if you were colorblind, I think you'd be able to tell these apart because they're so distinctly different icons. Yeah, agreed. And uh, I thought the cards had an interesting thing on them too, where it's like if you're trying to find the location, the card has a picture of the board and a circle around the region that they're referring to on the, on the demand yeah. cards. Mm-hmm. So that, that helped a lot. And my favorite part was the, the airport codes were on everything. And I like that a lot. It, I enjoy airport codes. I don't know. There's something about them. You familiarize yourself with those airport codes. It's kind of almost like a, a new language. It's like, ha ha, I know this new code now. <laughs> <laughs> Which is so interesting because like at first look at this board, you wouldn't think any of that little subtle detail was in there. Okay, so let's talk about the gameplay. Oh, uh, <laughs> oh that's right. Yeah, we played this game. Right, right, right. Right, yeah. In person too, I may add. Yeah. Yes. Oh, yeah, that's right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Analog. right. I mean, you brought this box to our horror, showed us all these numbers <laughs> and mm-hmm. this beige board, which we didn't realize was cool until later. Uh, <laughs> and we started to play and you've got to figure out how the numbers work on the gates. That was the first part. Like, it's a little bit tricky. It was a really simple. It's just trying to explain it is tricky at first because... No, it's like, okay, you got to add population to it. But where do they go? Well, they get spread out based on the number of gates there are. They're just constantly changing. Oh, you got two passengers in one gate? Well, they're both at the first gate. We got two passengers in two gates? Well, there's one at each gate. Yeah, it's it's a really (laughs) simple rule that feels complicated at first. But really, in the end, all it means is evenly separate the amount of uh, passengers. And the first priority is the earliest purchased airline mm-hmm. right That's so it. the first person in gets a little advantage right mm-hmm. yeah right. mm-hmm. yes it's least expensive if you're in first however there's a case where the ai of this game actually occupies some of those first spaces and then you have to buy it from them <laughs> and you're paying a premium that's right yeah the buyout costs mm-hmm. it costs uh, about 50 percent more to buy out an airline that's been already established in there and a lot of times you'll see a whole bunch of passengers sitting underneath one of those like uh, AI airports and it makes it kind of worth it to buy them out. Yeah, there's a decision there because like, do I just buy another gate and steal a couple from them or do I buy it out and get them all? Mm-hmm. And all the while you have to watch out for your region control because you get big bonus points at the end for controlling a region. And one thing I noticed early is that there are, I think, four different airports on the board that are part of two different regions. So when you're counting Mm -hmm. up for dominance, you really want to be in control of those airports because you can have your foot stomped down in two different regions instead of just one. Yeah. Yeah, there's there's some interesting choices there because you kind of want to get the gates where the passengers are at so you can get income now. But Mm -hmm. there's a bigger airport you know that passengers are coming to later, probably. Or, like you said, they'll Double location bonuses. Yeah, Yeah. they're just worth so much. But there's nobody there yet. (laughs) It's a pretty good indicator, though, that 
when you look at the board, you can see every different airport breaks down how many cards refer to that airport in the deck. The one thing I didn't know was how fast we'd go through the deck, but when I saw that there was five cards in Hotlanta, even though there was no passengers there yet, I threw my first guy into Hotlanta. Sure, and cards are important in this yeah, game. They, they are. actually are. <sighs> you guys were all in Atlanta because it was so valuable. The frequency of the card was highest there than anywhere. It had five mm-hmm. cards. Nowhere else on the board had five cards in the deck. Yep. So it was. you knew Atlanta was coming up, and I felt so left out. Because the three of you all had uh, airlines in Atlanta, and yeah. you guys were all celebrating together when the car got flipped, <laughs> and I'm all alone at my my low budget airports off in the west, <laughs> way in the western region where nobody was at these like quiet <laughs> Reno airport or whatever. And how many people who had gates in Atlanta had won the game? None. None of them. Right. <laughs> yeah, it was too crowded. It, it did not translate into victory. It did not. I thought it, was it would. Fun. Like, Mikey went there first. And I'm like, darn it, because I wanted to go there. So I went there anyway. <laughs> and I had to because I had two Atlanta cards in my hand. And yes. I drew into at least another one, if not two of them later. And a Los Angeles card, by the way, that you never played. You just held on to it. <laughs> well, I wasn't and, in LA. And... Why do I going to play that card? <laughs> because Celeste and I needed that card because we were in Los Angeles. That's the, that's the problem with when you take a, a spot in a low-frequency airport, especially with four players. You know, Some of those cards might end up in somebody else's hand for the entire mm-hmm. game. And uh, that's no bueno yeah. for your airport that's two cards. Right. Oh, yeah. yeah. That's definitely part of a strategy is you can mm-hmm. you can block other players from getting those nice cards. Mm-hmm. And like Mike said, especially when there's only one or two of those cards in the whole deck, mm-hmm. you can really clog things up. Yeah. I wish I'd gotten an Atlanta card just to sit <laughs> yeah. on well, it. I wish I got LA because yeah. I was like, I held on to that. Like, eh, I'm not going to use it right now. But then, no, when it came point, they're checking the dominance. Like, Wow. So let's cop like three airports in LA. Homie. Uh huh. Three gates there. I, I could have yeah. gotten one of those. It would have helped. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I thought I had the Southeast locked, but I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> I went for the East at the last minute. Mm-hmm. And because I had bought that LA uh, spot early, you know, I could catch up late in the game because I already had an expensive spot. Mm-hmm. So right. I was already getting a lot of points. So when I decided the last couple turns to go for dominance in the East and in the West, mm-hmm. I could achieve it. It was possible. Yeah, and you got mm-hmm. some helpful picks from the bag. You actually drew pretty well. Mm-hmm. Mikey um, drew the best. Come on. Those green uh, you think Mike cubes. Mikey drew the best? Uh, he did draw the heck out of chi town i well i did that's terrible. i also yeah i also fully dominated chicago four airlines in one airport yeah. <laughs> in chicago so I, there was you know. quite a bit of fighting though there in that central region mm-hmm. in both central regions so i stayed out of it yep and that was smart too because you staked out something people were ignoring and then by the end especially after that like little government assistance catch-up thing that happened in the middle you like took off after yes. that point I got off to kind of an early lead, but it was it ended up kind of biting me a, a little bit later because once you get to 30 or or beyond that, anybody who's be, before 30 gets uh, a bunch of extra free picks on some of their airlines. Yeah, a bit so. of a catch-up mechanism about a mm-hmm. third of the way through the game. Yeah, So exactly. what do you think about it, Mike? You thought it was a little unbalanced while we were playing. Yeah, and, and that might have something to do with the fact that I was only at 31. Like, I had just barely crossed the threshold, and people weren't super far behind. So it kind of it felt like I worked really hard to get ahead, and then all of a sudden it was just like everybody's on my tail again all of a sudden. 
Which, you know, it can't blame the game for There's that. There's a mitigating though. factor there because the, the amount of bonus you get is driven by how far you are behind. Right. You only get like an extra pick per three spaces you are behind the leader. Mm-hmm. So like me and, and Celeste at the time were like way behind the back of the bus I think I was at, at 18 yeah. when Mikey crossed 30. Right. <laughs> yeah, something like that. Yeah, I think so. some people got three picks out of the bag for uh, for that moment in the game, which you know it kind of it kind of feels a little dirty to work hard to get ahead and then people getting points depending on how far behind they are. I, I don't know. I thought that was a little bit much, but it still kept the game close and I, it made it more fun in the long run. So I can't blame them for trying. This game would have been helped a lot with the fidgety cube part on Board Game Arena, but we completely would have missed out on pulling cubes from the bat. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it was so much fun to be able to just flip a bunch of cards, hand somebody Bago, and just draw cubes. (laughs) Bago! Bago! Bago loves 125 passenger cubes. Yeah. (laughs) And for those who are curious, there were 100 red and 25 green to start in there. Mm -hmm. Don't forget, you stop drawing when you draw red. That's roughly 80% of the cues. But if you draw green, you get to draw again. And maybe you draw another green, and then you get to draw again. <laughs> it's all about the greens. I mean, listen, you could draw 25 greens and a red, maybe. I mean, you know. <laughs> yeah, what are the odds of that? Yeah, very low. Anybody out there want to tell us what the odds of that are? It's very low. <laughs> Never tell me the odds. <laughs> I, too, like to live dangerously. Okay, explorers, it's time to dig up or bury... Blue Skies. Ed? It's not a very flashy game, but I do love the variety of options that push and pull you in different directions. Is it good to have a plan, but you need to notice what others are doing as well? (laughs) I'll dig this up to take off from the tarmac one more time. Evan? Blue Skies is a territory control game which offers lots of paths to victory, as Celeste will attest to. (laughs) Blocking your opponents is just as valuable as concentrating on your own plans for victory. I'm curious how this game holds up after playing it a few times, so I will definitely be back for more. Dig it up. Mike? Well, I started off thinking I was going to bury it, but, you know, after talking about it, uh, it Mm -hmm. was pretty clever. Uh, It was fun to pick out of the bag, and there is a couple of different strategies to try here, so I think I'll give it another shot and dig it up. (laughs) Looking at this beige-washed game, I had low expectations and definitely feared a dull time. But it hit me with a slow-burn charm that grew as I played. Dig it up. And if you have thought about the wonderful blue sky, (laughs) we'd love to hear about it all on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. We are at Wish Game First. Hey, everybody! What is going on with Witch Game First? Witch Game First is live on Thursday nights, 7 o'clock Eastern Time. That's when you can join us and watch us stumble our way through our first crack at a new game online. And we often have the game designers on as guests. Those are some of my favorite ones. Those are really fun. And it's because you, the audience, can even ask them questions. And you can offer comments. And you can make important for me gameplay suggestions i need all the help i can get don't forget we have trivia for you as well in the audience so it's a game within a game wrapped in a game it's perfect <laughs> thursday night seven o'clock eastern which game first live on facebook youtube and twitch 
And we're also building our cosplay costumes for Dragon Con, where we're not only going to be flaunting our awesome costumes, but we'll be running several panels there about all different subjects. Uh, One Mm -hmm. of them will be about a topic we absolutely adore, vintage games, where we will be joined by the incomparable scamp, Steve Jackson. And hot on the heels of Hotlanta, we will join us in the madness in Connecticut for Connecticut, where we will host the Connecticut Festival of Indie Games. Yeah. Yeah. Back-to-back con weekends. That is madness. Con (laughs) madness. We are hardcore. (laughs) And as always, we want to thank our patrons. We got a few new ones, and they really help us keep the lights on. We got to... We got to cite them by name sometime soon. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. Let's shout them out next time. All right. Thank you so much. And if you want to become a patron, just go to our website, click on become a supporter today. It's only $3 a month and you get a weekly podcast that's exclusive for patrons only called bonus points. Bonus points. <laughs> bonus points. Thanks for listening, everybody. <laughs> Thanks, guys. Thank you, everyone. Our next game up this week is Abyss, designed by Bruno Cathala and Charles Chevalier, published by Bombix in 2018, number of players 2 to 4, ages 14 and up, playtime 30 to 60 minutes. Okay, Mike, tell us what's in the spooky box. Based on what I've seen so far, the cover of this box could be one of several Colorful but dour, fish-faced politicians of the deep staring directly into your soul. If you delve a little deeper, you'll find 20 location tiles, 35 big-size lords cards, 71 small-size ally cards, 50 plastic pearls, awesome, 20 monster tokens, 10 key tokens, a game board, a score pad, 5 shell plastic cups, a threat track, and a threat token. And that's what's in the box. Well, before we dive deep on this review, Evan, pressurize us with some rules. Abyss is a game of development, combination, and collection in which players try to take control of strategic locations in an underwater city. To achieve this, players must develop on three levels. First by collecting allies then using them to recruit lords of the abyss, who will then grant access to different parts of the city. Players acquire cards through a draft of swords, and the lords of the abyss acquired on those cards grant special powers to the cardholder. But once you use the cards to acquire a location, that power is shut off. So players need to time their land grabs well in order to put themselves in the best position for when the game ends. Yeah, it always ends too soon. (laughs) <laughs> I I unfortunately did not have the chance to play. I am dying to hear what you guys thought of this game. Oh, yeah. Well, we played it on Board Game Arena, which helped a lot because there's a lot of moving parts to this game. Sounds like it. So the cover can be five different ones, huh? Yeah, I saw some stacks of this game at the Gen Con where they had five different covers, each one with a different no face looking at, at you like Mikey said, <laughs> kind of staring into your soul. Oh, yeah. Oh, boy. It's a really nice piece of art, though. It's like really saturated in color and like it has a lot of expression there. So it's and it's featured the whole box. 
Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, some people online did not love that, but it's <laughs> it's an interesting choice. I don't know if it's mm-hmm. a smart marketing choice. Yeah, I don't but know. But it is interesting. <laughs> it does have that high contrast hyper color that was popular back around 2018, 2019. And it did come out 2018, so hey. Yeah, and it <laughs> runs the risk, I think, for me at least it did, of being a color overload. So oh, the mm. the pictures kind of tend to blend together for me because it's so blue, green, red. The mm-hmm. colors are stark, so there's no mistaking that purple or that blue. That's I mean, true. you get the colors. And I did see they had a trailer on their website, so I checked it out. And they, they had their art in, and this is amazingly well animated for even though it's mostly stills, if that makes sense. Uh, that might have helped me be interested in these angry people oh they're angry they're serious they're serious okay yeah. these you're right well the first guy looks a little angry but the rest look more serious <laughs> yeah. i mean it kind of caught my eye though that the name of the game isn't even on the box front you know what i mean I, that's what's intriguing to me it's just a face i'm like why who is this why am i looking at this face it makes me want to pick the box up and find out a little bit more. I think it works when it's a familiar face, like a you know a Marvel action hero that you're familiar with. Maybe it works then, but if you're not familiar, then you're right. It can be a bit off-putting. So there's basically three actions to take in this game. You can uh, try to buy one of the lords once you get enough uh, pearls, right? Actual not physical pearls. Allies, exactly. allies, oh, allies yeah. right, right. Sorry, allies for the lords. And pearls. That is one thing I miss. Uh, I'm sorry we didn't get to do, which is play with real pearls that they, mm. you know, not real as an expensive, <laughs> actual, but actual pearls. But yeah, that would have been nice to touch the pearls and and and, yeah, and watch them what... roll off the table. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Wait, so do I not get anything? No, you got that card automatically in a pearl. Oh, I got the card. No, so we're not. That's the thing about uh, board game arena. It's just like this is what you got. Yeah. Here you go. Ah, move right. around. <laughs> yeah. So All you right, got your fine. one crab. Does anybody want to get a two crab? Got a two crab? I'll pass. Ah, uh, no. Celeste has no money because she can't buy. So uh, I just spent it. Yeah. You spent All right, it. Let's see. What oh, about? Oh no! A- now I don't even get to bid. Oh, this stinks. I definitely shouldn't have done that. No thanks for the single seahorse. Ooh, He's going third, third squid, for the yes, bid, stinkaroo. <laughs> so what did you guys think of the special abilities, let's say, on the Lord cards? Oh, I think there's some really neat and interesting ones on some. And some of them were a little complicated and others were straightforward. Yeah, I, I had a couple of the complicated ones and I really liked it. One of them let me use allies as other allies so when you're trying to get one of the lords, you have to pay for them, whatever the cost is on them. And sometimes it requires a combination of different allies, like crabs and jellyfish, or just mm-hmm. crabs and two other different ones that aren't crabs. Mm-hmm. Right. And when you score it, you take the lowest valued ally that you use to pay for it, and you score that as kind of a permanent points. But uh, I had a character that let me pick any of them, so I would pick the highest valued guy that I used instead. Getting the allies is an interesting part of the game because there's an incentive to just keep on exploring them and get to the end of the exploration track where you can get that bonus pearl. Bonus pearls. <laughs> yeah, so in the beginning of the round, you have kind of a press-your-luck draft where the player whose turn it is flips a card and they can choose whether to buy it or not. But once you buy something, you're out. 
And then if they don't buy it, it passes on to the other players to decide whether they want to buy it. And if nobody buys it, it goes into the next row and, and you could pick it up later for free. And then you keep mm-hmm. going down the line, but you could pass up something really good and then end up with something like garbage at the end if you were. Did that happen to you, Celeste? <laughs> I, I mean, I ended up collecting too many resources overall and I didn't mm. buy enough stuff. Mm-hmm. Which is rare for me, but I felt a little lost in what to go for. The Lord's powers didn't seem super interesting to me, and I and I underestimated the value of the locations because before I knew it, the game was over. Right, mm-hmm. that happened to me too. I had no idea it just kind of ended really quick, as as often does happen to me in these kind of games. <laughs> I get a great engine, and then oh, last turn, darn it! <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I mean, the Lords, while they could be tricky for power, they always are valuable for the points they had on it. Mm-hmm. So that's why I try to get as many as I can. And then I noticed you guys were exploring a lot on that track and flushing a lot of the ones down to the middle in the pile. So I was like, oh, there, there are four cards sitting on that pile. Thank you very much. I'll just take that little mixed bag of stuff. Yeah, mm-hmm. you always seemed positioned to get the nice big fat stack. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know why. I wonder if it's well, turn. Because I wonder you if it's and Mikey order. were always exploring and yeah. going all the way down to the pearl. Get that pearl. Get That's it. where I think seat position really matters in this game. I have too much curiosity, so I'm like turning down decent cards because I just wanted to see more random flips. Me too. So <laughs> it wasn't playing, even about the pearl, right, right? So if you're playing right after two curious people, you've got an advantage. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, because <laughs> yeah. me and Celeste yes. both were going right down the line and just flushing mm-hmm. a whole bunch of go, stuff. Thank you very much. I'll take up your trash. Thank you. You pass yeah. on a and four. You... I'll take that just for free. Thank mm-hmm. you. Yep. Yeah, I think that part of the reason I got a lot of resources. Pretty easily that way. Mm. Yeah, mm. I, I ended up buying a lot of lords. I did pretty well, but but uh, I was not nearly as efficient as Ed because I was just having too much fun. Uh, the next uh, thing oh, is the second sp- person to buy something has to pay double. Oh, yeah, more, did you more. not hear me say that? Mm-hmm. I, uh, Ed, are you listening to the rules? I Now I know how Ed feels. Now I know how Ed feels when I'm sitting at the table and he's saying the rules and I'm not paying attention, <laughs> which is most yep. of the time. Payback, so baby. <laughs> so one thing I kind of avoided were now it seemed unlikely as uh, getting the keys because a when you use up a lord and it gets attached to a location, the power becomes useless. Mm-hmm. And so I had one of those lords early that give you um, extra points for having lords without keys. So I just kept on going for lords without keys. So uh, when we played this game live online, uh, Celeste was like, hey, Mikey G, you want to do trivia tonight? I'm like, sure. What's the game? Abyss. I'm like, all right, cool. So I'm a D&D player. I'm thinking Abyssal or whatever. And I read <laughs> I read the description, right? <laughs> I read the description of the game and it That's didn't awesome. say anything about fish or the ocean or anything. Like it was like a short <laughs> description. So I'm like, okay, I'll make one question about the movie The Abyss and then the rest of the questions will be about devils. <laughs> I didn't believe you, Mike. It was hilarious, by the way. Totally (laughs) hilarious. And still great trivia. But I did not believe you. I'm like, there is no way that on Board Game Geek, there's no mention of the fact that this takes place in the ocean. Uh And you were absolutely right. There was no mention of it. (laughs) It was weird. You'd think that he'd at least say something about it. Looking at the cover, you couldn't even tell. Nope. Right. I look like demons to me. Sure. I was like, all right. <laughs> Honestly, I would have been more interested in these guys if they were demons, because at least their expressions would have made more sense to me. Mm. The the 
the theme and story of the game just didn't come through as far as I could tell. I didn't really understand the world of this of this oceanic yeah. diplomacy. Um, mm-hmm. it, it didn't, you know, there wasn't anything there to really grab you into a story. Yeah. Well, maybe if we uh, had the rule book, we could have had a couple of pages of flavor text. <laughs> right, but you should see it. Yeah, I agree. Yes, Ed, but you should see it in the play of the game, and I did not yeah. see it there. And there are also two expansions of the game out now, one called The Kraken, and the other one called <laughs> Leviathan. Release the expansions. The big daddies. <laughs> Release the expansions. <laughs> okay, explorers, it's time to dig up or bury Abyss. Mike? Abyss was really nice to look at, in my opinion, and had some pretty sweet engine building and some good combos. I think I dipped my toe in there again, so dig it up. Ed? It was a very colorful game to play. It was fun to collect allies and acquire lords. And I'm intrigued enough to brave the abyss one more time. So I'll dig it up. Something just didn't click here for me. The theme and story lacked intimacy. I just didn't care about the play of this brightly colored undersea world. So I'm going to have to bury it. If you have thoughts about the five interesting faces on these box, please tell us about them on the Twitter or the Instagram or the Facebook. We are at Wish Game First. Our last game up this week is Atta Ants, designed by Richard Dayreek, published by The Realm of Fantasy in 2003. Number of players, two to four, ages eight and up. Playtime, 15 to 45 minutes. Okay, Mike, tell us what's in the box. The cover of the box is basically a photograph of some ants cooperating, as ants do, to drag away some freshly shorn leaf fragments. Inside, you'll find 24 game cards, 28 wooden pieces, and 16 glass counters. And that's what's in the box. Well, before we march two by two into this review, Evan, <laughs> tell us how it's played. In Atta Ants, each player controls six leaf eater ants. Well, ultimately, that's the goal. The goal is to get all six and to place all the ants on the board, which is easier said than done. Each player starts with two ants on the board, and the ants need to find a piece of a leaf and bring it back to the central nest. Do that and release your third ant into play, and so on and so on. However, your ant can have their leaf taken by other ants, which are the other players, and your ant can die if it's eaten by a spider. So it's every ant for themselves. (laughs) The board is built with tiles, and new tiles get placed after each round, expanding the board for opportunities for more leaves and possibly more spiders. On the final round is when the last tile is placed, and then the ants are counted, or game end is triggered if one player manages to get all six of their ants alive onto the board. Atta boys? No, Atta ants. <laughs> so you know that Atta means leaf-eating ants? Yes, it, yes yep, it's a yep. specific kind of ant. All right. That's correct. I did not know. Yeah, I had, I had to look. That was a trivia, trivia. question. Oh, okay. So I wasn't there to play this one, just like Evan wasn't there to play Abyss. So someone, when we were playing last Thursday, pointed out the fact that we're, we haven't, Evan and I haven't been on Thursday nights together. We've been alternating. And I told them, 
you know, they thought it was suspicious. And I said, it's <laughs> definitely not because we're the same superhero fighting crime because we could only afford one costume. One, yeah, one explorer That's definitely hat. not it, yeah. Listen, high t- yeah, we only have one explorer hat. Right. No, high-tech costumes are expensive. I know, right? And people oh aren't gosh. making them as much anymore because nobody's doing fittings. Anybody see this bandic prices these days? I mean, come on. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Way to get on board, guys. Seriously. Appreciate it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, uh, so, okay. You played on Yukata.de. <laughs> oh, Absolutely. Yeah. Oh, Yukata's. World's oldest, the OG online board gaming site. Hasn't been updated since 1999. <laughs> oh, come on. Maybe it's been updated in 95. <laughs> when, when Windows 95 was rolled out. Yeah. Right. I think that's the, that probably the server is on 95. <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right. Well, okay. So what do you do when we start to learn a new game? What's the first th- one of the first things we do? We go and we look at YouTube, right, or a video sure. or something on Board Game uh, Geek to <laughs> to see how it's played or how it was reviewed or even unbox zero. Yep, not nothing. a single video exists. No, not right. at hand. No instructional now. videos, no promotional videos. That's right. Until now, we recorded ourselves playing. We have the domain on Ada Ants. We are the only place you can see <laughs> any kind of video on Ada Ants in the entire internet. I just looked it up on Board Game Geek this afternoon, and we are there. We are the only video on <laughs> Ada Ants. <laughs> yeah. Watch out for our how to play video coming out soon. Yeah, yeah that's right. <laughs> Before us, the last piece of media to be posted about this game on Board Game Geek was a written review 18 years ago on Board Game Geek. Wow. Leave it to me to dust it off, to yeah. actually remove the, the many layers of silt and sand yeah. off of it and give it a new life. All right. So the board on yukata.de looks so dull. And, well, yeah. And wait. So I looked at the... I went and looked at the real board to see if it if it was like significantly better. Mm-hmm. It is not. <laughs> no, it is not. <laughs> no. The only thing that is kind of entertaining uh, as a kind of entertaining upgrade on Yukata is that the spiders have big grinning faces. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're, they're oh, almost yeah. happy looking there in a creepy way. They are happy. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, they're, they're to ready eat to eat munch. It's it's a Cheshire cat grin. Yes. Yeah. Right. But, That's what it yeah, is. Yeah, but on a spider, which is extra creepy. Yeah. Right, because it takes up like 80% of its body the whole night. <laughs> yeah. My turn is over. We've all Mark. chosen the safety of the hive. Yes, that hive is like... <laughs> yeah, we, that was probably a wise choice. All right, so I yeah. have two choices to move the spider. And I think mm-hmm. uh, I am going to choose this place to move the spider. And that one... Yeah, now, just for the safety of all of us, I'm going to... Uh, help the whole t- ant team over here mm-hmm. and uh, make this be the uh, where the spiders are now. Oh, <laughs> that's, that's the spider zone. Get in the zone. Spider Highway zone. Highway to the spider zone. Highway to the <laughs> rapid spider zone. zone. <laughs> <laughs> so, guys, I didn't get to play it. Does this game take place like, is there a... I know I'm aiming high here, but is there like a theme or a story oh or even a setting? Of course, oh Celeste. Of course, there is. Absolutely. They're coming. They're ants 
<laughs> coming out of the anthill trying to get food to feed the colony. There's your story. But it's long, not like a... Ha- long ago in Farmer Johnson's backyard, there was an anthill. <laughs> right. The humble ants crawled forth to get the tastiest of all leaves. Yes. <laughs> no, there's No, I nothing. mean, like, are they there to ruin Aunt Sally's picnic or something? Or no, they're nope. just ants. No. Nope. <laughs> Go out and get the food without getting eating. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> Go out and get the food without becoming food. Mm-hmm. You have a safety nest in the middle, and uh, you crawl oh. out from there. And when you bring the leaves back, you give birth to more ants. I think they personally, I think they stole our idea for Skitter. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they did. Eighteen years ago, what yeah, are I was going to say yeah. they stole it. Eighteen years, eighteen before. years ago. Oh, they knew we were going to think of this, and they just totally grabbed. That's what it. happens when you have a time travel machine and you want the most successful game ever. You go to the future to find out what it was, and then you go back to the past and publish it. It's physics, people. Duh. Duh. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's just how the game worked, right? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Exactly That's it. how it worked. Oh. Right. So I'm seeing paths and squares. Mm-hmm. Does the board grow as you play? It grows as you play, right? Yeah, yeah. Yes, it does. Car- Carcassonne. Carcassonne-ish. Okay, Carcassonne. so they just yeah, you get to play out tile on your turn. Oh, yeah. so it's revealed as you go. I love, I do yep. like a board that is built as you go. You don't have to follow the paths, but if you don't, it costs you twice the movement. You can move two spaces Ooh. on the path or one space across the grass. Difficult terrain. Yeah. Oh, it's brutal. Yeah. It, it makes all the difference because the spiders move one. If your ant's only moving one, you're as good as dead. Yep. You, it, you really, it really uh, makes you want to stick to the paths. They just have a chance of surviving mm-hmm. being attacked or chased down by another ant. Oh, yeah. And the board is tiny and the spiders can move at diagonals. So it's really Oof. bad. That's yeah. right. Yes, they Ooh. can. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the spiders are mean. I don't have to run faster than the spiders. They need to fa- run faster than you. <laughs> they, uh, That's right, because don't forget, ants can grab the leaf out of each other's mouth. So it's this fight yeah. against each other as yep. you're running back towards the, the, the yeah. nest. But that's kind of a good mm. thing, too, because you can set up a daisy chain where your first ant moves two spaces to the other ant, and then the other ant steals it from you and moves to Like a spaces. bucket brigade. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Leaf brigade. Leaf brigade. I gotta say, it was fun pulling that off. Pulling off a daisy chain, like moving mm. a piece of food over five squares and get it home and make a new ant. It was like, yeah! Ooh, I did it! That sounds super fun if you have two spiders to do that, or two ants to do it with. Sadly, though, one of my ants got eaten real early, so I was just <laughs> running for my life the whole time to try to escape the spider. Oh, that's yeah. right. There's player elimination <laughs> there in this is. game. Yeah. Who's your last ant? You are out. Mm-hmm. Were, were any of you guys out before the game ended? Close to it, yeah. I, I had one ant for most of the game, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think they had a little bit of a runaway leader issue. Like, yeah. like Mikey was down to like his one or two guy ants. No, Evan had like, like three or four. Where I got mm-hmm. like five ants running around the board, covering most of the map. Mm-hmm. Where's the food going to pop out next? Ah. Doesn't matter because <laughs> I'm everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah, that's the problem. I was going to try and give it some credit for predating Carcassonne as a build the board as you go kind of, but no. Carcassonne no. was out in 2000. This is three yeah. years later. Oh, they totally ripped off Carcass. Wow. That makes it even worse. <laughs> to make Kark an ant game. Kark Kark Anson, Anson. they called it. Ed, did you, were you confused about how the spiders moved? <laughs> yeah, I was a little bit. There clearly are rules on how the spiders move. They've got a section in it in the rule book. Um, but you kind of were kind enough to move the spiders for us when it mattered. You know, give us a choice when it mattered. Uh. But when it didn't matter, it just moved the spiders. And mm-hmm. I was like, I thought I was going to get eaten, but it ate Mikey and Dan. Yeah. I wish yeah. I knew why. Yeah, me too. <laughs> I'm okay with it. 
Sparhawk. Oh, I yelled Sparhawk multiple times. Oh, he's still yelling Sparhawk. <laughs> it was also really hard to figure out how to do certain moves, too, because of the way the interface was. It was very janky. Oh, even jankier than normal yeah. for yeah, Yukata? Yeah, jankier than normal Yukata. <laughs> Right, because click to move, click then this if you're going to take the leaf, or click this if you're going to steal the leaf, or click this if you're going to drop the leaf. Well, like, uh. let's say you have two ants in the same section, right? The way to access those ants is you click on the section. You click on the section. Now, you don't know which ant is which because it just has two pictures of ants. So if you want to move <laughs> the ant on the left who has the leaf, you're not sure if you're clicking the right one. So you click it, you start doing your move, and you realize, darn it, that's not the right ant. I wanted to move the one that had the leaf. There was a backspace, an undo button, thank goodness. Right. There, there, and actually, there's a little list of the ants. Because you can see the ant had the, which one had the food because it has a little symbol for it. Mm-hmm. And even tells you how many move points it has left if you look at the list. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it was, yeah it, it was messy. It was messy. It, the information's there, but <laughs> it's a lot clunky. of clicky. You have to click, move, click, move, yeah. click, move. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's Yukata. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No thanks. <laughs> Okay, explorers, it's time to dig up or bury Ada Ants. Evan? Ada Ants is a relatively simple abstract game with few rules, so it's definitely an intro game. Uh, There's some strategy to it, and certainly no shortage of luck, and and some decent decision-making. Still, I had zero urge to play it again when it was done, which means I have to bury it. Ed? It was an interesting tactical game. There are no dice. But while it's fun to puzzle out where to move the ant to and how to get the food, I was not really interested in trying to play this game again. And for that reason, I'm going to have to bury it. Mike? Okay, so if you lose one of your first ants, you're going to spend the rest of your time limping around in limbo and wishing (laughs) one of the spiders would eat you so you can be eliminated from this (laughs) Which is what happened to me. Um, So I have to bury this one. If you have thought about the ant go marching two by two into the leaves, oh, yeah. <laughs> let us know. We're on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Which Game First. And that brings us to the end of our show. We look forward to hearing about all the game exploring you're doing. Please come talk to us on all our social media. And if you get a chance, please leave us a like, rating, or review anywhere on the interwebs. Uh, And if you want to become a supporter of this show and get more content from us, you can go to our website, click on Become a Supporter Today, and you will become a patron and get your own exclusive patron-only podcast from us. Bonus points. Bonus pearls. (laughs) Bonus points. Happy gaming, explorers. Ants, they're everywhere. (laughs) Nothing but blue sky. (laughs) Do I see? That's my fish negotiation. Tactics. That was really good. <laughs> I understood what you said. Oh, good. Good. Hey, Mark, and that's what selected asking about. Thank you. But I think it's going to be the same rule. Evan, you really got to listen. You know? <laughs> if rules reader is agitated, flip the board and start game over. <laughs> 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 <laughs>